The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to the Saints Happy Hour Podcast with host Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of SaintsNation.com, Kevin Held of The Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. No, definitely. <laughs> no, no, no. The zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. <laughs> They'd get his... <laughs> I don't even have a joke, Dave! Dave smells like nougat! Now here's your host, Ralph Malbrose. All right, welcome to Saints Happy Hour Podcast. As always, we are sponsored by you, the fan. Uh, we are 38 donations away from having Drunk, his, drunk Saints History Season 2. Shit, we might have to do yesterday <laughs> as its own show. That might be tonight. Uh, but anyway, we're 38 donations away. You want to get that done by the by Super Bowl weekend so you can have a full season of Drunk Saints History. Uh, it's awesome. we got topics planned. Do it now. It's a gift that gives all year long. Um, I'm just going to start off by saying. Uh, well, Ralph, I'm, before while we're on the topic of the of the donations, I'm sitting next to my mother right now. She says she did donate. She did. You need to. You need, oh, okay. Oh, you were aware of that. I know. I, I need. She a, said she's. She's donated. She said she's she's going to donate again. She's oh wow. Make a larger donate because she feels so bad about the game. <laughs> I'm rubbing my hands together because I'm getting Dave's inheritance. Um. Yesterday, I don't care what people say, it's the worst loss in Saints history. It's worse than anything in the 90s. It's worse than the 2006 NFC Championship. And it's worse than the 2011 49er game. And this is why. Andrew, the 2011 49er game, which me and you did in Drunk History, and I was loaded for that, was as bad as that was. And it was a horrible loss, and we felt like you know they were going to host the NFC Championship. We didn't know it at the time and all that, and we feel like that may have been the greatest Saints team in the history of the franchise. That San Francisco game, as wild as it was in the second half, I never once felt like, San- like the Saints had it. And Alex Smith, even if the Saints don't allow him to throw that touchdown to Vernon Davis, San Francisco's still kicking the field goal, and you're going to overtime. Yesterday, the Saints were up. 24 to 23 with 10 seconds left and the Vikings were 60 yards away from a touchdown and 25 yards 30 yards away from a field goal I felt like the Saints had it won and never felt like that against San Francisco and the whole touchdown thing it was an out-of-body experience the only thing I can compare it to is the onside kick in the Super Bowl where I looked at it and I was like is this shit really happening? What the fuck is going on? The Super Bowl onside kick worked out great. Yesterday was just like a nightmare. I, like, Andrew, I'll start with you. Is is it the worst loss in Saints history? I don't know, man. Um, it, it's bad, you know. Um, <laughs> it's the worst. I, I'm, I, 
I'm still trying to recover. I mean, I know there's a lot of fans out there that are already kind of moving on right. and looking at the positives. And, you know, for me, it's just, man, you just don't know how many opportunities you're going to get like this. And yeah, they were so close. And, Happy birthday, Drew. Yeah. And, you know, like you go on the road to Philly for the NFC championship, that feels winnable. So, you know, it's, um, you just never know. And, and a lot of people are saying the future is bright, but the Saints play in a tough division and you never know what, you, what each off season brings. Every, you know, every team is different. And, um, I, I just hate it that, um, they had an opportunity like this and they squandered it. And, yeah, you know, the, the San Francisco, you know, the only thing I will say is that I really felt like in 2011, they were good enough to win the Super Bowl. that they were really and truly the best team in the league. And if they had squeaked that one out, they would have crushed the Giants. And I would have felt good about the Patriots even. This year, I think they would have made the Super Bowl for sure, but I don't know if they would have beaten the Patriots in that game. So, like, I, I don't, the only thing, I would say about that is I'm not sure that I had the same level of confidence in them taking it all the way, but still, I mean, you know, if they make it to the Super Bowl, it's it's the second greatest season in team history, and I mean, God, how much fun would that have been? So, um, you know, I feel I feel robbed, and I felt robbed in the Niners game. Um, so, you know, I, those two are close for me. I mean, I will say, and I, I tweeted this. I mean, my kid was crying his eyes out, and and it was it was hard to watch him you know, just be really for the first time he's seven and now he'll be eight in May. And like, he's finally gotten to the point, I think where he's old enough that he is truly invested and you welcome know, to kid. Saints fanhood kid. Yeah. And poor kid. I mean, he had no choice. You know, he, he was, he was forced to like the saints, but you know, he's gotten to the point now where he's really into it and, and he loves it. And he's, he hangs on to every snap and, you know, he's learned, and, you know, this is his first time kind of experiencing this and, and watching him just be so upset. It, it really took me back to when the Saints, you know, it was a different time. You know, the Saints had never won a playoff game and our aspirations and our dreams back then were different. It, you know, we didn't believe in winning a Super Bowl. We believed in, you know, people telling us that the Saints would never win a playoff game. And, and back then that, that seemed unattainable. And to lose to the Falcons when we were trying to win our first playoff game ever after hearing people for my entire life, which was, you know, like 13, 12, 13 years at that point, say that the saints would never win a playoff game and to lose at home to the Falcons after they led. I mean, I cried and I just remember feeling like my son did. Um, and it was the worst. I mean, just the worst feeling. And, and one of those things as a fan where you're a fan your whole life, you carry that for decades. It leaves scars, you know? And so, um, you know, man, the only thing I can say is that years and years later when the Saints, you know, I was 29 when the Saints won the Super Bowl or 28. Um, and, um, you know, it, it's that much sweeter. You know, when you invest for that long and you go through so much pain and heartache, um, when they, the Saints won, finally won their first playoff game in 2000 when I was 20, um, you know, it's just the, the euphoria that you get from that is like nothing else. I mean, truly in sports, sometimes you get those moments where the high is just, it's, it's incredible and you chase it, you keep chasing it. So, um, you know, I, for me personally, the Atlanta thing that, that experience was still the hardest because I was young and I was still innocent back then, you know, and, uh, <laughs> your, your first kind of, uh, 
crushing blow. It's like it's like your first family member dying or something, you know. That like, Philadelphia game, like, man, shit becomes real for you. That you know, the Philadelphia game was really brutal because you kind of knew it was the end of the Mora thing. Like Bobby Abraham yeah. was a free agent, and you're like, they have lost three in a row. They were up twenty to six at half. And really, it, really, they kind of got their ass kicked though. Yeah, I don't. Well, no. I mean, we don't have to get it, but I mean, Philly hit like yeah. two. They hit like two fluke long touchdowns, and yeah. and you know, and but the Saints they were up twenty to six at halftime, but they really should have been. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. And up like 27 to 6, like they didn't cash it in and it just, it was a mess. But Dave... Mm. Uh, I don't know, the, the Falcons for me was the worst and for me this would probably rank the same as 49ers maybe like you said a little bit worse because the death blow was uh, to me the death blow was more disheartening you can't you can't i mean as far as an ending dave you can't get worse than yesterday i mean i i, I don't know how you could conceive no, that's as hard that's as hard as it gets i mean it was it was basically a hail mary yeah, Dave. So you're, you're well, thought, but that's the thing is that nobody. It didn't even process we that that was. We possible. weren't. We weren't thinking about that. No, that we fact of him even if it down. had been a we hail mary about them getting a catch and getting out of bounds and setting up for a field goal. And even if you set up for a field goal, you're not guaranteed to make it. It would have been a long field goal. Uh, yeah, so but well, him, let's talk about that. For break that, that tackle, or, or for Marcus Williams to miss that tackle, and and the whole thing just turns into a touchdown, and it ends that much quicker. Uh, you know, it's just the game just ended. There was no, yeah. there was no warning that it was going to end. Um, well, there was expected, ten seconds left. Yeah. Well, no, because you thought you thought that if the game was going to end right then and there, it was going to be because the Saints stopped them. If the game was going to end with the Saints losing, it was going to be because they were going to catch that ball. They were going to. You know, whatever, have to clock it, I guess, or get out of bounds. I mean, you felt you well, felt like, I think, you know, or yeah, they got I, I out of bounds. I don't think it would have been very easy for them to tackle him in bounds. Like if he, if he, if they would have. I think have... Marcus Williams had the perfect angle. He was, he was coming from. It looked to me like he was coming for, at least for a little bit from the outside in. Yeah, he was trying to flip him. I think at, at yeah. first, like he was going to go mean, underneath. It looked like they him. did have the angle. 
it looked like he did have the angle to me. I mean, it looked maybe, like it, it was. It was. It looked like to me it was covered pretty well. It was just. It just was literally just poor execution. It was just. Yeah, I mean, but I think, not a well, good if, move. He gets, if he gets out of bounds, I mean, they're at the thirty. So a forty-seven yard field goal. I mean, he had made it from further. I mean, it's a pressure kick, but I mean, just yeah. As, yeah, but it was good, just ch- as, good chance he made. It. I mean, he just the the one before was just as much pressure because if he misses that, the Saints are in victory formation. But here, let's look. At, I mean, I guess we'll start the, there before we get to everything else. The the end of game situation. The the film watchers and different people have different opinions. Some say is like that's the right defense. It was perfectly legit. It there's there's not much else they could do. It was just poor execution. Andrew, what did you think of it? I felt like the Saints had a couple of people like Robertson and Patrick and, and uh, P.J. Williams where you were like, what are they doing? Like like Craig Robertson, he's in the middle of the field. He's five yards off the line of scrimmage. Like, what is he doing there? Like, he's just like a wasted – they could have put me there and been like, just stand there. You know, I just – like, it, fe- it felt like it wasn't a bad defense, but it wasn't a – it wasn't a, the right defense in that situation. I don't know, man. I, I just feel like it's so easy to second guess those things when they don't work, you know, and um, it's hard for me. I mean, you know, I think Keenum's a good athlete and I think, you know, if Robertson's staying there five yards off the line of scrimmage, I mean, my guess is that Dennis Allen was thinking in his head, listen, he's a good athlete. And if we're only rushing three or four and we're putting a bunch of people 20 yards in coverage, like what I don't want is him to kind of escape the pass rush and go for a 20-yard run. So you're spying the quarterback here. So um, maybe that was what they were trying to account for. I mean, look, man, it, what the Vikings did is one in a million. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost impossible. Um, I mean, it's a needle in a haystack. And for them to pull it off was miraculous. It was incredible. Um, but there's not too many defenses that that, that play is going to work against unless there's just a total fluke. Um, and sure enough, that happened, but, um, I, I can't get too mad at the play call. You know, I mean, thing is like, I think Diggs probably gets out of bounds there. You know, if, if mm-hmm. Williams actually makes contact with him, you know, and Crawley was coming in, like Diggs is a strong guy. Like there, there's no given that they tackle him in bounds. And if he gets out of bounds and, you know, they have enough time there where they're probably kicking a field goal to win the game. So, um, but, you know, it's, uh, man, what a game, you know, like for the Saints to be down 17 and nothing at halftime. And, you know, at that point, Ralph, we were texting. Yeah, I mean, I was well, resigned. I was resigned that well, the that's season what was I, over. That's what I said, you know, Dave, when it was, the Saints started so awful. I want to talk about the start, but what, but at halftime, Dave, did you, did it even cross your mind that the Saints are going to get in this game? Because I, I was like, this is, this is, like Andrew just said, this is done. The score. Uh, yeah. I mean, at, at halftime, uh, I did not think that they were, I thought that they were going to start scoring points. I certainly didn't think they were going to get, you know, shut out or anything like that. But, um, yes, I did think that it was over, uh, that they were going to lose. And to be quite honest with you, I would have been much happier 
uh, if they had lost that way. No, I, I, um, the more I think of it, no. I want it, You want to be in it, and it and it nah, sucks. It sucks today, I but I don't know. Like it was fun. It was it was fun yesterday until the very end, and and that's what I wanted. Yeah. And I just feel like you know you, you know, want to be in it. The Panthers game played out the exact same way, and they had an opportunity to finish the game like the Vikings did. I mean, Funchess was right there on a deep ball. And, I mean, the Saints were really fortunate that the Carolina game didn't end the exact same way. And, um, you know, listen, it, <laughs> you can't keep having games like that because you're not going to escape them every week, you know. And, uh, you know, really, when you get in the situations like that, it's a coin flip. And, um, you know, I would have much rather it happen this week than against Carolina at home. I mean, that would have, to me, been even worse uh, to stomach. But... You know, I, I mean, I I felt I started to feel confident, man. Like once that punt was blocked, and I mean, I even couldn't believe after, they blocked that punt. Even yeah. after Snead missed that pass, well, I, I felt good well, about but, but, how, how the game was going. And even after Forbath made that kick, I I knew Breeze was going to go well, down there. And here, here's the thing, though that that the 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 first half. I mean, before we get to Breeze's great, the the first half, guys, it might have been his worst half of the year. Like he looked, yeah. he looked, he looked awful from the jump, and it, it and it, I mean, granted, it was part of it was Minnesota, but part of it, man, was he just looked fucking bad. He was missing dump off throws, and Dave, I mean, what do you think? What do you think? It, well, he looked like a guy that just didn't have it. Like, what do you, what do you explain the first half just mess? Uh, nerves, um, you know, just. Bad timing, not being on the same page, a uh, you know, little, little off chemistry. Um, you know, I mean, I, you certainly can't say, oh, he's, uh, oh, he's, he's really declining. I mean, he came out in the second half and lit it up. Um, yeah, if you look at his stats after that second interception, oh my God. He, he torched the Vikings. Yeah. Torched them. Yeah. yeah he, I mean, he lit it up. He obviously, I don't know what happened in the locker room. Uh, I would say there was definitely some discussion they looked things over they looked at some stills they looked at some film whatever um and it seems like they made the right adjustments on offense obviously yeah. um but uh yeah i just just the whole drew Brees thing is what is what annoys me and, and depresses me the most about losing this game <laughs> um because you know like you said today's his 39th birthday and you know, you're not going to have the same team next year. Hopefully, obviously, they have a, a, a better team. Obviously, hopefully, they build around what, what they have um, like they should. But um, even if you have a good team, shit happens. And, yeah, and, you know, you know, the ball doesn't bounce your way. I mean, this was the season. We got a lot of good breaks. Uh, we got lucky. Uh, we had the right guys and the right chemistry, even if they're not necessarily the best players. Uh, and we got ourselves in this position, and it's not easy. Just it's not easy to get to the divisional playoff round. No, and, uh, and, and, and we were here, and it was there for the taking. And, and that, I, and and ugh, I forget, ugh. I forget who it was. You got to take your shots when you get them, and we just didn't do it. You know, there's a guy. I forget his name, but he's he's a he's a pro football focus writer, and I forget his name, but he fights with people over quarterbacks and saying they're elite and who's the best playoff quarterback in all, of all time, and he. His argument is like, don't look at fucking quarterbacks' record. Look at the stats and look at what they do in games and, and situational. And he made the case today is like, 
who's the who's the best who's the the best situational quarterback since Joe Montana? And he's like, it's Breeze, and he put up all these numbers of like if you prorate Breeze's playoffs over a 16 game season, it's like 5,000 yards, 36 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Like he was awesome. But Andrew, they just they couldn't get anything going. And here here's an interesting question, and I, I want to ask it now because you mean in the first half? Yeah, they couldn't get anything going. Yeah. And here here's a question that somebody asked. Uh, before we get, I liked it, and I want to get to it now. Before we, we'll get to the podcast questions later, is what was the biggest? What was the biggest thing that cost in this game? Was it no points in the first half? Was it Snead missing Kamar on the trick prey? Was it not converting third and one? Or was it Williams missing the tackle? Like, like if if you look at it all, what was the biggest thing that you're like? Th- that was the no. Thing. I don't. I don't think the Snead thing ended up being a big deal because he misses the pass. They stop him. They get the ball back and they score. That breaks so. my, that 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 you, you, what you said is fair. But I'm going to yeah. say this, and I said it in my column today that that pl- trick play didn't hit for a Camaro walking touchdown. It breaks my heart. That fucking trick play was Mona Lisa perfect. It was. Yeah. It was third and a foot. The the throwback to Snead. Minnesota's like it's a it's a wide receiver screen. We're selling out for it. The Saints are not going to have a wide receiver throw a pass in the biggest moment of their season. But it's the fucking Saints and it's Sean Payton, Dave, and they fucking did it. And it was right there. And Kamara would have walked. He could have turned around and backed into the end zone. Like he was that. It was that. It was, I don't know about that. There was a guy back there. Uh, I think he would have had to work for it, to be honest with you. But he probably he on a one-on-one uh, in the open field. I'm going to take Kamara every day. I mean, oh man, I love yeah. And if for me, it's the third and one play. I mean, you know, they still had a couple timeouts. There's 25 seconds left. I mean, you know, uh, they they still had a, an opportunity to go get a field goal. If they don't score that touchdown, they still could have gotten the field goal. Um, so. That third and one, I mean, if you convert that, then you can run the clock out and here's kick the, here's the field goal the, here's as time the, expires. Here's the thing I, I, I don't quite get on the third and one. Either one of you can jump in here. Is The Saints last week, they had fourth and two at midfield, and they fucking went for it, right? And that's super aggressive in that spot. Yeah. And, and Andrew, why on third and one are you running the ball? Like, I just – Put it in Breeze's hands. The worst case scenario is it's incomplete, and yes, Minnesota has a has has two timeouts, and it it really helps them maybe with 25 seconds of. But man, Breeze is smoking fucking hot. Let him try to make a play, and you can run it down to zero and and do the walk off field goal. You know, I just that kind of struck that kind of struck me as. Well, odd. I think I think they really wanted to Minnesota to call their timeout. You know, what they didn't want to do was throw it and give them two timeouts to go get a field goal, in my opinion. Is that more, is having Minnesota have two timeouts more risky than what they did last week versus Carolina, though, at the end? Like, no, no. I just, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I get, I get your, I get your theory, but like, they're totally not consistent on it, you know? No, I'm with you. Um, yeah, I, I thought the game was over on fourth and 10. I really thought there. I really did not have high expectations for them converting it. That throw to Snead was just, of all people, man, that was incredible. Dave, I thought they were gonna. What when, a moment in the season! I mean, Snead has done nothing all year. He misses I, the throw. I, I mean, dead to rights, a useless player all year. Fourth and ten, 
the season on the line and he makes that play. I mean, you've got to be kidding. Dave, I thought it was destiny when because it was like Sneed. We've been waiting for him to do something big all year to save him on third down. He saves him in the biggest fucking moment. Of the game. I was like, this destiny. They're, the Saints are winning, and they're gonna we're gonna write features about Sneed this week about how he's back. And it's going to be big in Philadelphia and the Super Bowl. Like, I thought, when, when that hit, I was like, there was no doubt in my mind, the Saints are winning this fucking game. I, I, I thought the blocked punt, I thought oh, that, that, was, that, was my, by, that was my destiny moment. I was like, holy shit, like, come on. We're blocking punts? Uh, we're definitely going to be winning this game. <laughs> Andrew, um, is George, guys, is George Johnson the, the best December signing in Saints history? <laughs> like, possibly, possibly. I mean, two and a half sacks and a block punt in a playoff game, like, I... Yeah, I mean Mike McKenzie wants a word, but yeah. I mean Mike McKenzie had a great a pick on Monday night, but Mike McKenzie wasn't fucking making plays in a playoff game, buddy. Yeah, uh, for sure, for sure. You know, um, uh, no, but I, 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 I'm with Andrew. I cannot believe that. Uh, I can't believe that Snead made that catch and they converted that that fourth down, and I, it made me really miss my. Uh, the buddy that sits in front of me at all the home games, he, he we always have a little thing about Snead. He always thinks Snead's going to break out or whatever. And every week he just does nothing. It's, and it's sort of an inside joke. And if this game were at home, we would have like hugged each other and probably kissed on the mouth. But, um, <laughs> that play. Uh, and, it would have been, been amazing. Well, what more about Snead? Andrew, what is it? I was say? thinking about him. I wish I had his phone number. I would have texted what is it, him. What does it say about... Sneed and what he should have done or could have done during the year, Andrew, when it's the biggest game of the Saints season and they're running a trick play with Sneed and they're going to him in the biggest moment of the year. And that play looked like it was designed for him. Maybe I'm wrong, but he looked like that was the main guy on that throw on fourth down. So what does it say about what he could have done or been or should have been doing the rest of the year? You know, I mean, I definitely think with Snead, he, he put himself in the doghouse with the DUI. I mean, there's no doubt that, you know, he he just, he screwed up and, you know, that, that got him off on the wrong foot and then he was injured, you know, then he had the hamstring issue and hamstrings can be really bad for receivers because A, you lose your speed and then B, you know, you can't really run when you have a hamstring issue. So when you come back a lot of times, you know, and I don't know what his health habits were like while he was injured, but you, you can gain weight cause you're not doing cardio. And, um, I mean, to me, he always looked a little overweight this season and, you know, I, I just, I think, you know, for him, like he was never a speed guy anyways, you know, I think he was more just running good routes and, you know, and great hands and, you know, I think if you diminish even slightly, you know, when speed was already an issue, then I, I just I don't think he's much of an NFL receiver. And I mean, you could just tell every time he was on the field, Breeze would never look his way. So, I, I mean, honestly, I think as much as anything, it was like a conf, Breeze confidence. Like if Breeze doesn't have confidence in you, like he's going to go to the guys he trusts. And you could just tell all year he was going again. He was going to uh, Thomas. He was going to his running backs you know those were the guys he trusted dave they're bringing you think they're bringing sneed back next year uh he's a restricted free agent so i mean they can they'll tender yeah he's 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 limited by how much he can earn i I think they'll just throw him a tender what what will they tender somebody somebody what will they tender uh, about andrew you think second round pick no no what do you 
I think they'll tender him at the minimum and, and uh, you know, then another NFL team could sign him and then they'll have to match. Yeah. I mean, uh, so I, I think there is a chance that he'll leave. Um, it, it depends on, see, I think his season was so miserable. Um, I think anyone yeah, is going to see this and be like, he's another Robert Meacham or Devery Henderson. And I don't want to touch it with a 10 foot pole. I don't want a slow five eleven receiver you know, who's a product of that offense when he caught eight balls last year. I just, he caught eight balls this year, eight, eight balls, you know? And I, I just, I don't think anyone's looking at that and saying like, that's a receiver I want to spend money on. Yeah. And he's a product of that offense. And, you know, honestly, it's hard to, to debate that because the dude couldn't make the Cleveland Browns. He was on the <laughs> practice squad. And like he comes to New Orleans and he, you know, he had a tremendous camp one time and a great preseason and that, that helped him make the team. And then he kind of broke out. But I mean, the thing is he's only 25. So, and he didn't, it's not like he had a major injury this year. So I still think Sneed can come back in the good graces of Sean Payton, get back in this offense, get back up the depth chart. But I, I think this is a huge offense. By the way, Ted Ginn had eight catches. Ted Ginn had eight catches yesterday. Gin's been Gin's been a great signing. Gin, I mean, he really has. But here, Dave, of all. Well, now the, wait a minute. Wait, wait. wait. <laughs> Not that I disagree really with anything Andrew said, but um, I just want to point out some of the, the, the silliness of one of his arguments here. Um, I didn't know that the Cleveland Browns were such great evaluators of talent <laughs> that, that if they cut that if they cut a guy, that means he can't be any good. Well, that's I mean, fair. I hear you, but I'm just saying. Their fans I had a I don't, I don't ask my dentist for legal advice, okay? I don't go to my banker um, and, uh, and ask them to bake me a cake. Um, so I certainly don't go to the Cleveland Browns and I look for them to be a beacon of football knowledge. <laughs> I mean, it's well documented at this point, Dave. He was with Carolina, the, too, the, though, the, right? The breeze turns water into wine with a lot of... Mediocre. I never, I, I never said I disagreed with anything you said. Yeah. I just had to laugh at the analogy you make. I thought it was pretty dumb. The, 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 brown, the Browns fans did have a parade celebrating 0-16. But it, it, let's, let's say he makes the team. Because they're getting rid of guys like Willie Sneed who, could, right, who might let, actually be say, able to help them. That's my point. Like, let's say they would have kept him. Let's say they would have been smart enough to keep Sneed. Do you think he would have been a good receiver for them? No. no, because they have a shitty quarterback. Right. The only receiver yeah. that's been any good for them in the last 10 years is who, Josh Gordon? But that's what I'm saying. Like, Mike Thomas is good on any NFL team, no matter who his quarterback like, is. Yeah, let's, talk right. about, let's talk about Mike Thomas for a second. Dude, he wrecked Xavier Rhodes yesterday. Wrecked him. <laughs> I don't know. Legally. I, I don't Legally. I don't agree that he wrecked him. I mean, I think... I think it was a tremendous battle. I really thought it was awesome. Who's done like as well? A marquee who's, matchup. Who's done as well against Rhodes this year? Oh, nobody. 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 Yeah. I mean, I, that's definitely the best I've seen someone play against him. But I thought Thielen had some plays on Lattimore. I thought Lattimore had some plays on Thielen. I thought Michael Thomas and Rhodes was a, a battle, especially in the second half. Um, and Rhodes got the better end of him on a couple, like right before that fourth and ten yeah. first need. Rhodes got the best of them a couple times. So, like, I, I thought it was awesome to see those guys go up against each other. And I thought the Thielen, Lattimore, and Rhodes 
Thomas, those two battles lived up to the billing. Dude, those receivers from Minnesota are good, man. Because Case Keenan was just throwing some YOLO throws, and they were just going and getting them. You know, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. They, like the last throw, yeah, like like the last throw, and I mean, even that the the throw with the the late throw where Lattimore, it was kind of like Lattimore got there. That was another that was another sign that I thought the Saints were going to win because the, Minnesota's up twenty to fourteen and they're trying to kill the clock and it's third down. Lattimore gets there early. They don't call the PI. The Saints get the ball back. I was like, this is going bad for Minnesota. They're going to bitch about that call for the end of time, but it didn't go. But Dave. You know, we know the Saints. The Saints had more people on IR than the other three teams in left in the NFC playoffs this week and combined. But of all the injuries the Saints had at linebacker and O line, and we can go through all of it. But I thought the one that, if I if I look back and I was like the the the, the injuries that bit there bit them in the ass yesterday was D line. Like I felt like the second half, especially like their D the D line started to heat up, but like. Hendrickson had a couple times where he just couldn't quite get there, and I feel like Okafor or even Kikaha would have got there. I felt like that; those were the injuries where it finally caught up with them, playing the, the rookie defensive end with the bum ankle because that's all they had, him and George Johnson. Like I feel like that's where the injuries finally bit him in the ass. Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree. It's... it's... You know, I hate to use all the injuries as an excuse. I mean, they were still able to get as far as they did, and everybody stepped up. But um, it's hard to argue that the Saints would be a different defense with Okafor, Vaccaro. Um, Fine. Uh, yeah, and, and, and all the guys on uh, and all the guys on on the defensive line. Obviously, I mean, it, it was it wasn't great to start, but it certainly isn't going to get any better. Uh, <laughs> when you're on to the fourth guy on the depth chart. Andrew, if you could pick one, if, if you could go back and you could wave the wand and you could pick one guy to have back for yesterday, who would you have picked off of injury? I think I would have picked Okafor. Okafor? Yeah. Yeah. I hesitate. Hesitate. I hesitate. I mean, I hesitate to say like the linebackers, but I, I don't think the linebackers were awful. I mean, they stuffed the run pretty well. Uh, I don't. I don't think Robertson was very good in this game, but um, you know, Manti Teo did okay. Um, they did. They did pretty well stopping the run. I think you know the two touchdown runs they had were big runs. But if you take those two away, like they they didn't. The Vikings couldn't run the ball at all. Um, I thought Rankins played well, but I, I just think. I don't know if Vaccaro would have been much of a use there because they didn't really get killed by Kyle Rudolph or the running backs. Um, so, you know, I don't think they miss Vaccaro as much. I, I just, it's the end, you know, I think. Vaccaro might have made that tackle and bounce. <laughs> well, I don't think he would have been in coverage there. You know, he would have been on Rudolph. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I think Okafor, like you guys said, it, he would have finished some of those. You know, I mean, you could say Andres Pete, you know. I wonder if they run the Saints run the ball a little bit better if Andres Pete's in the game. Yeah. I mean, 
people are people are hard on Marcus Williams, obviously, but I just can't, Dave. I just can't be that hard of him. One, because he was great all year long, and two, man, he kickstarted that rally. I mean, I know the Saints yep. scored and it yep. was seventeen to seven, but it still felt like I had seventeen to seven. Minnesota's going to get the ball. They're going to milk some clock and kick a field goal, be up twenty to set twenty to seven or or twenty four to seven. This is going to be done. But when Case, when they finally forced Case Keenum to do something dumb, like he was there and he made that pick, and then it was like, holy shit, it's, this, it's on now. Um, you know, I can't believe we put up 24 points in one half on that defense. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> you realize the most points they had given up all year was the Saints at home. With, ni- with 19 in week one. That's the most points they gave up all year at home. Yeah, And the Saints put up 24. They put up more than that in one half. Yeah. It was... And I mean, and, and granted, it granted it took an intercept, it, it took an interception and block punt to to get the good field position. But it wasn't like it was even after the block punt, it wasn't it wasn't like it was first and goal at the five. You know what I'm saying? Like even their really good field position off the turnovers, the turnover and block punt injury, it wasn't like it was really good field position. But it wasn't like superb. It wasn't like they they cashed in two twenty yard drives. You know. But uh. Andrew, I mean, uh, Dave, one guy that kind of had a sneaky good game, a really great game, I thought was Kamara. Like, he had a, over 100 yards on 15 touches. Did you feel, I felt like at times Minnesota just had no fucking answer from him. And even though he had the ball, got the ball a bunch, like, I would have liked to see him get the ball more. Well, I didn't oh, really get Ingram, the ball more. Ingram was useless. But yeah, well, that's what I was going to say is I, I felt like, um, I felt like they had really made the conscious decision to that they were going with Kamara and that then that Ingram was yeah. going to take a back seat. I never looked at the final numbers. I don't know how many snap counts uh, Ingram had, but I mean, it definitely was obvious that uh, either the game plan called for Kamara or, or they saw something during the game and they decided to go with the hot hand or whatever. Um, 15 touches for Kamara, 11 for Ingram yeah, touches. I, okay. Yeah. Um, Total touches that includes catches. Yes. Okay. Um, well, Mark Ingram certainly didn't really make much with uh, with his eleven touches. Um, and 20, twenty-eight yards with eleven touches, including yeah. the reception. Yeah. But Kamara uh, had fifteen touches for one hundred and five. But more Kamara? I don't know about that. And also think about the fact that Kamara was supposed to be catching that uh, Sneed pass too. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's true. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. know. I mean, the, the offense just... That touchdown he caught, I mean, he looked like a receiver. It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the you know, another big play in the game was it ended up being huge because at the end of the half, they get no points, Andrew, and, you know, they weren't set, and, you know, they took the touchdown away from Ginn, and then Breeze gets sacked, you know. I mean, even three points there really changes everything, you know, because then Minnesota needs a touchdown, and just... The play to the play to 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 Diggs doesn't happen there because then the Saints are like, you want that play? You can have that play, and then you can run your hair you can run your hail mary from the you know what I'm saying? So yeah. that end of the half sequence, I felt like that 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 not being set call was questionable. Of of all the the things that people bitched about yesterday, I thought it was questionable. Did you feel like it was the right call or no? 
I did. Yeah, I, I didn't feel like he was fully set. Um, you know, they were trying to catch the Vikings mm-hmm. off guard by snapping it quick, and um, you know, they tried. They they did that um, against the Panthers earlier in the year, and I remember Rivera was going nuts about that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, the one I didn't actually, and I'm surprised I didn't notice this because normally if I'm watching a game on TV, I always see this preset snap stuff, but I didn't see Tom Johnson. Uh, encroach in the neutral zone on third and one. Um, and I saw it on Twitter. I mean, I watched it a bunch on replay. And, I mean, he is blatantly offsides on that third and one. And, I mean, that would have given the Saints a first down and, and probably the win. Um, so I think if there's one call you want to go back to, um, I mean, that one is as significant as any I can think of. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, you know, it, it, of course this game – it hurts because you, you look at Philadelphia and they can win. But the thing is, um, for this offense, just, you know, Josh Hill was was sneaky good again yesterday. Um, and, you know, the thing is, they had a lot of people on St. Twitter banging on their tight ends all year. And it was warranted, you know. Um, but do you think this... Did yesterday change either of either one of yours opinion on what the Saints need to do or add to offense going into the offseason? Did yesterday did you did yesterday change any of your mind of like, eh, maybe they don't need this or, or maybe they do need this now? Or is your opinion on what they need to do in the offseason on offense, Dave, did it, anything change because of yesterday? No, not really. I still think they need uh to get a, a good premier tight end. I think they still need depth on the O-line. Um, and another uh, receiver, maybe. Yeah, well, a, a tight end would help. Um, uh, I mean, defensively, a, a linebacker. Um, and obviously, help That's all rush. along the defensive line, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, it's, it's all the same. Well, yeah, but the reason is I asked, you know, Andrew, we, me and you were texting back and forth when it was 17 and nothing. We're like, well, if even if the Saints, if they get their head kicked in, at least they'll, they'll be very critical of the roster and they won't, you know, they won't try to fool themselves and say, oh, my God, we were so close. You know, uh, maybe we don't need A, B or C. You know, Josh Hill, he caught eight passes in the playoffs or seven passes in the playoffs. Maybe he can be the guy at tight end and we don't need to add, you know, um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to get too much into the roster or the no. offseason because, like, we're going we're gonna to spend we got plenty time. of time for that. Yeah. Oh, by the way, we're the, Saints, spend the, Saints, on that. the Saints are – the coaching staff is coaching the Pro Bowl. So, uh, yeah. Sean Payton can be ABC, always be crouton. He can be whispering in players' ears that they want. So, that'll be fun. Um, so, but, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if, if I were to say there was one thing missing from the offense um, – you know, yeah, definitely a, a tight end. I mean, Fleener getting hurt was big, but I don't even know that Fleener would ever lived up to what we hoped he would be in this offense. So I think they've got to replace him and you know find someone that, that can help them there. Uh, I think another receiver would help as, as well. Um, you know, offensively, I just think at the end of the day, the biggest blow that this offense had is not so much the playmaking personnel as the offensive line shuffle. I just think all year it was a revolving door of 
Armstead coming in and out and Pete going from left guard to left tackle constantly. And, and Ram, Ramchek started, I think, at left tackle the first game. Then he moved over to the right side after Streif got hurt. You know, Warford had a concussion and missed a game. Kelmete got hurt a lot. So, I mean, I, all of them were getting hurt, man. Unger's the only one, I think, that's played the whole year yeah. without injury. So there was just like a musical chair. It was like, the second that they would get semi-healthy and we'd start to feel good, all right, all our guys are back in place, Armstead would go back out or something would happen. It was every single week an offensive lineman for the Saints was going down. So, um, you know, if there's one thing I could hope for next year, it's just that, I mean, it. you know, I would say next year we're penciled in with Armstead at left tackle, Pete at left guard, Unger at center, Warford at right guard, and Ramchick at right tackle. And that's, that's a great offensive line if it's healthy. Yeah, they um, need, they, had, they went seven deep, and they needed all of them. Oh, yeah. 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 So, so it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, Calmette is a free agent, and I told you this. He's going to get paid. He's going to get paid. Yeah, I mean, you were asking me, like, what do they do with the offensive line next year? And I think you let Streif and Calmette walk. And it's hard for me to say Streif that. Streif is retiring. Yeah, I think Streif will retire. I agree. And then with, with Calmette, um, I just think he's going to get paid. And, and I think you want to get younger. At offensive line, I think, you know, you're starting to get a little younger, a little long in the tooth. Armstead's been injured a lot. Pete's coming off a big injury. Warford is not super young. So I think they need to get some young talent, a couple guys that they can develop that start as backups, but, um, you know, that uh, can maybe give them the depth they're looking for, but the youth in case they have injuries. Yeah. And All right. So a couple weeks ago, Dave was talking about how, hey, you know, we need to go back and, and edit. Ralph, you need to edit the audio of when we were so depressed about the 0-2 start. And I was I like... I think that was last week. Was it? Like, it was last week or... Yeah. And, and, and I was like, I don't have that kind of time. We need an intern making a joke. But we found an intern. Blake Estada was like, dude, I'll be your intern. So... We were I like, he was super fan. We have the best fans. So he, he works in radio. He's like, I'll be your intern. So I wanted to do a quick interview, play a quick interview that I did with him today. And he pulled the audio from the first two weeks of the season and put it together in a montage. It's three and a half minutes of just gold. You're going to love it. It's going to cheer you up as down in the dumps as you are today after reading the Times Picayune expletive, 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 and all that. You're depressed all day. But this three minutes is going to cheer you up. And Andrew, it's phenomenal. Like, I don't even know my favorite part when people play it, when we play it right now. But it's just, it's just, would, would both of you agree that it's just amazing? I haven't heard it yet. Well, you'll hear all it. Right, let's hear it. But you'll hear it. <laughs> you'll hear it now. Here's my interview with Blake and then the audio. All right, everybody, I want to introduce you to our new intern. We asked for an intern, and somebody wants the job, and it's Blake Esta. Blake, uh, you're the intern, and you have a phenomenal uh, piece of audio that's going to cheer the folks up because yesterday was awful um, and just terrible. So uh, explain to people, uh, first of all, why you wanted to be the Saints Happy Hour intern, uh, and then explain to him this awesome audio piece you did. All right. Well, basically, it's as simple as this. Half the time I listen to the podcast, I'm listening to it at work because I work in a radio station. Nice. 
and there's there's a lot of paperwork uh, for a good majority of the day before I get down to doing producing work. So while I'm doing the producing work, I'll put on whatever radio show, whatever podcast, uh, you know, whatever's the most up-to-date thing I can listen to at that point in time. And so when I heard y'all looking for the podcast, number one, I've, I've been saying I've been waiting for someone to try and go back and compile things from the first two weeks like y'all were asking for because to me with sports there you can't enjoy the experiences of winning an NFC championship and winning a Super Bowl it's it's nowhere near you know as sweet if you don't experience the pain of, of being a such a rabid fan being of the wrong being wrong is like 90% of the fun of this show like I'm not gonna lie. Oh, absolutely. And you know, like you know, one thing I wanted to make clear was I wasn't the way I compiled this. I wasn't trying to pick out every single thing I could of. Hi, you were wrong about this. Oh, but it you was so we were this. so. Well, it wasn't so much that we were wrong. It's just that we were really, really depressed. But they were zero and two, and they looked horrible. They did. Um, and so... it's it's not it's not a. There wasn't you know. If we if you compare with you guys' predictions during the off season, there's not going to be as way off as you were when it comes because those predictions that you were saying in, in those two podcasts are coming off of you know just looking for any hope you can and that's why I think my favorite one of my favorite parts is you talk about how good you can see Kobe Fleener being for the Saints this season. <laughs> He's going to be a top seven fantasy tight end. Well, look, people, we're going to play it after this, and it's just, it's just three minutes of just, it's gold. It's got Dave. It's got Andrew. It's just probably my favorite one is Andrew talking about the defense and punts and kicks, and then Dave talking about Ted Ginn and my uh, Adrian Peterson prediction, which was the only right thing I got right the first two weeks um but we are excited to have you and and everybody we're going to do all kinds of fun stuff where blake's going to help us with maybe fan interaction stuff but blake give me 30 seconds about the pain from yesterday just 30 seconds on it and then we'll we'll uh we'll let you get out of here but 30 seconds on the pain of yesterday before we play this audio clip all right well yesterday I went into the game confident that there was a chance the Saints might would be able to do it. Not necessarily that they could. So by the time we get to halftime down 17 nothing, I'm just I've accepted it at this point. I'm like, this sucks. I was hoping it would at least be competitive, but you know, you know, we we'll rebuild. And I go and get a plate of food at halftime and we're still we're about midway through the third quarter and I got up and get a second plate, which is something I never do because I freak out at every single play. So I can't have food near me during the game. And right when I finished that second plate was about two minutes at most after was Michael Thomas's touchdown. And so so all of a sudden I was just like, okay, maybe we are in this. And then all the way down to I'm pacing back and forth in the living room as Lutz is about to hit the field goal. And right before the last play, I'm sitting there, I'm saying, we got it. Defend the sidelines. That's all you have. (laughs) Give them any completion, they don't have time to clock it, and just stunned for about two minutes of complete silence, non- inability to move. I was emotionless for like ten. I'm not gonna lie, like it's, it's a lot of pain. But guy, thanks so much for this. This 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 is just phenomenal, and I can't I can't thank you enough. And we we are gonna have some fun because now the off season has arrived, and we just we get to do 
the goofy, fun, crazy, weird stuff uh, because we don't uh, have we don't have games to talk about. Right, and to give one last kind of you know spo- not spoiler but uh, teaser for the little audio bit you're about to hear. I got home last night, I went to set my alarms, and I kind of st- looked at my phone, realized that I had that audio bit saved onto my phone, and I had to set it as to my alarm, because after the way yesterday was, <laughs> waking up to just this audio bit was the only way I can picture doing it, so right. I hope everybody enjoys it. They will. Blake, thanks, guy. Uh, it's going to be, it's gonna, it's gonna be a, f- you are going to make the offseason 50 times more fun. So, Blake Esther, the new intern, guy, thanks for doing this, and thanks for joining us tonight. No problem. Looking forward to it. Who that? This is the most depressed I've ever been after the Saints opening game since probably 2003-2004 where Seattle kicked them in the nuts back-to-back season opening years. Listen, this team has so many problems, man. Um, you know, I think we were hoping the defense would be better, that they patched some things. We hope the pass rush would be better. We hope the coverage would be better. <laughs> Kobe Flynn is going to be a top. He's going to be a top seven fantasy tight end. That dude, he has struggled, but he he can catch he can catch sixty balls and seven touchdowns for the Saints. Like, <laughs> I just want a water and a defense, and I'm pretty sure he was crying. Like I'm not making this up. And I feel like that's where the Saints fans are. Like, they're just, like, we're broken emotionally. Like, the Saints defense has broken us emotionally. Like, like that's where we are. <laughs> Dave, I was pretty high on Okafor, like, as a better than Kruger. I'm not sure he is necessarily. I'm going to say something really provocative, but I don't care. I think it's true. The C.J. Spiller era... For the Saints is going to be looked at more fondly than the Adrian Peterson era, Dave. Because <laughs> CJ Spiller scored that awesome he, he touchdown. Had, he he right. had the awesome that's touchdown right. in overtime against Dallas. Against Adrian Dallas. Peterson is not going to have a moment even close to that with the Saints. Oh. Yeah, you're right. Somebody on Twitter said that every time the Saints kick a field goal, it feels like a punt. And you said. And I took it a step further and said every time they punt, it's, it's a turnover. turnover. <laughs> <laughs> which, was just, which was just phenomenal. Ho, ho, very funny. Ha, ha, it is to laugh. Ted Yen, Dave. Um, Classic. Classic Yen. Oh, God. It's happening already. I'm, this is so great. I mean, short of like the Saints going three and thirteen, I mean, sure, you know, if that happens, and and that's totally in play, by the way. But you know, in, in, in the past, just want to remind you of that. Yeah. <laughs> what would the point spread be if the 2017 Saints played the 2012 Saints? <laughs> Two 2012 Saints would win that game because. Both defenses are equally terrible, but the 2012 offense was, so far, was significantly better than what we've seen so far. <laughs> this is from the African Asian. This might be my favorite one. Devontae Harris was guarding him. <laughs> I think we have a winner. This is uh, from Sean or- from uh, Sean Orleans. I don't know. Do you guys know that guy? Uh, Never heard of him. 
Uh, he knew, yeah, knew he on knew. Twitter? He said, I fucking told you so. Listen, ass wife. <laughs> you left the platoon when we needed you the most. You know the record for, like, the worst yielded rating of all time? That, that was the Saints in uh, 2015 at 116.2. That, that's totally in play. My life. Blake, you're the man. That was awesome. I, I love, I love Ralph. Uh, sorry, I love how you, um, you said. I mean, I, I had a ton of terrible moments in there, but I love how you <laughs> compared Okafor to, to Kruger. Or uh, what was his name? Paul Kruger. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I cannot believe, like of all the things you said, like Okafor had an amazing season until he got hurt. The the two, my two. Dave talking about Ted, the Ted Ginn experience, how it was already happening because he was dropping balls. Uh, yeah. That was awesome. But the two best things were after the New England game, Andrew saying a uh, a field goal. Three and thirteen is in play. Three and thirteen in play was good, but a field goal feels like a punt, and a punt feels like a turnover. That was good. But I will say this: that was good. let's. Let's remember, I said the C.J. Spiller era would be remembered more fondly than the Adrian Peterson era, and I was... Yeah, you nailed that. I nailed it, baby! That was two weeks in. I nailed that. Everything else was wrong, including Kobe Fleener being a top seven tight end. But Blake, <laughs> Blake, thanks so much. That was amazing. Yeah, that was awesome. So that was amazing. Okay, wait, now we gotta give... The next project for Blake is, <laughs> uh, is a new opening. Yeah, I don't know. I, lo- I'm, I I don't know if he can come up with one, but I, I, I'm so partial to the zombie opening that I just, I don't know if I can, I don't it know. It can't if, go on forever, though. I know. It, I know. It can't. But. I feel like a loss, you know, the season's over and it's it's time to move on. We got to do a new we one. I mean, this one. this one's lasted two years, right? It's a, no, yeah, well, no, it's it's actually, it's three because it's 15, 16, 17. It's actually, it's been three Okay. So and maybe. a lot, a lot of uh, fans, Wang especially, has have been clamoring for a new yeah, opening. I know. So, but like, I think, think we got to give the people maybe, what they want, especially maybe, with all these donations rolling in. Maybe, especially with drunk history. So, Blake, man, work your magic, make it, man. Make it happen. So, um, so here's the thing, though, as as we kind of try to process the pain of of yesterday. <sighs> So, Dave, I mean, Dave, does this, will this, will yesterday ruin the memory of 2017? Yes. You think it will, Andrew? No, actually, uh, go ahead, Dave. Um, yeah, it, uh, it taints it. It's definitely tainted. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, you can't take back some of the memories, you know. I, I won't forget, uh, you know, the Redskins comeback. Uh, or some of the other great moments, yeah. You know, I, beating the Fal- beating the beating the Falcons at home on Christmas Eve, the beating the Panthers three times, butception. Um, starting zero and two and going winning eight in a row. Um, but uh, you know, it, it's if you don't go to the Super Bowl, then the season is uh, not much different than. You know the 2013s or the 2011s or the 2010s. So, yeah, it's it's 
definitely not as good as it could be, of course, obviously. Andrew, I think it, I don't want it to taint this season, but I feel like it does because if you look, if, if you look at all the good seasons, 2006, 2000, um, even 2013 to a certain extent, like because the playoff losses were just ass kickings and clean and not even really memorable, like 2000, you could tell me they didn't even play a second playoff game, and I'd have been like, that might have happened. Like, they just beat the Rams and declared the season a success and didn't play anymore, you know? Um, you know what's funny is we don't even talk about the Beast Mode playoff game. Like, San Fran and this game have been so painful. Like, it's like child's play now, the Beast Mode Seattle yeah. game. And also, too, well, I think the same thing, but I think the same thing is going to happen with 2011. I don't think we're going to talk about the 2011 game anymore as, <laughs> as, as much. I really don't. I mean, we'll still talk about it every now and then, but I don't think, uh, I mean, up until yesterday, that has always been the biggest, most crushing uh, loss in recent memory that you can, you know, for the Saints. And, uh, and now we have a new one that I think is just going to replace that. It, I mean, yeah, beat, the, the thing is with Beastquake, Andrew, is, like, they were coming off a Super Bowl. So, like, even though it was painful, you were like, eh, whatever. They just won a Super Bowl. I'm not going to – I was over that in, like, five minutes. I don't know how you were um, with with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just, like, it's like when you know. You get your kick, yeah, when you get your teeth kicked in, it's just – it's it's easier to process. You're You're just not good enough. You know, mm-hmm. and um, that's I don't what it know. felt like it was going to be yesterday for two and a half quarters. Yeah, and that's to me that's easier to stomach. I mean, the way the Saints lost is it's as hard as it gets as a sports fan. And listen, like I know it's just sports, but like we spend we do this for an hour every goddamn Monday night for the entire year. We do. We do this every Monday night. We never miss it. And you guys are all suckers. You're all listening to us. Everyone <laughs> listening right now. Like, and, and I know that if you're listening to this podcast and you're spending this time with us doing this, you're not stopping there. You're reading articles online. You're listening to the audio of interviews. You're you're doing all that stuff just like we are. You just want another week of games. You just you're reading your Twitter feed. You're refreshing your Twitter feed every 15 minutes to see if new Saints news hit. Yeah, yeah. In in the middle of the off season, when there's like a one percent chance that something happened, but you can't miss it. You gotta you gotta be on top of it just in case. And like it it's it's a full it's a heroin addiction. Like it's a full on heroin addiction for some of us, and. Um, you know, when it ends like that, it's, it's, uh, you know, I'm a grown man. I've got priorities. I've got responsibilities, but man, this is my outlet. And when it goes like that, it's, it's tough to recover from, man. Emotionally, you know, it's, it's tough. And I think too, and Dave, I'll say too, it's, it's emotionally hard to recover from, but, but even from, from the last playoff loss that the Saints had four years ago, like, Playoff football is like the best form of crack because the teams are down. You get down to eight, you know, you get down to six to start and then you're down to the final eight. Like you can just gorge yourself on Saints stuff because there's only four fucking games. So you can read 
Saint, you can read seven Saints articles from national websites every day if you want because they're breaking down every angle on it, and now it's all gone. Yeah, because they, they lost. <laughs> it's it's all it's all done. You know. You know. Well, I, my I, favorite I would... is like I'm like inside the NFL. Like you know, inside um, during the regular season, the Saints might get uh, two minutes. Yeah. Uh, or three minutes, but once you're in the playoffs and you get down to the divisional round, there's only eight teams total in it, and then you you know you're watching inside the NFL. You know they're going to talk you know, 15 minutes about the Saints. So that's always nice. Yeah. Well, I think you have tunnel vision sometimes when it's your team. You know, you're just focused on them. So you, you're, you're not thinking big picture as much. But I will tell you, I work in an office with a bunch of NFL fans. And I, I live in Virginia. So I'm the only Saints fan around here. And so first of all, you kind of recognize how ridiculous that ending was and the enormity when like everyone I've seen today has been like, holy shit, man. And half of these people don't watch football and they know what happened. You're like, wow, you're paying attention. They're running like, that shit at the end of the national news on NBC I know, today. Like, like, you realize the enormity when it's like, man, these people that don't even watch football or, or know what just happened. And I'll tell you, man, and this is why it hurts, I think, in a lot of ways, because as much as a lot of Saints fans are saying like, man, they're a young team and they have so much talent, like there's a lot to look forward to, but I just I work in an office with a Rams fan who, like his team just made the playoffs for the first time in a decade. I, I have a Bills fan in my office who just made the playoffs for the first time in 17 years. Yeah, we felt um, good about t- after 2013. We they had yeah, I mean, I, the draft wasn't as good as I this year. Red, I, I have a Redskins fan in my office. That dude hates his team. He's like, <laughs> yeah, that dude's like, yeah, we're never making the playoffs again. Like he's resigned that the Redskins blow in perpetuity. And, the, and, the, and, and like, so like, I, I don't think you guys, like, I don't think like we appreciate that for the saints to get this far, like they were one of five teams left. I realized like part of that was playing the last game of the week, but like there were five teams left and the saints were one of them. And just like as fans, man, like some teams, some of these fans, like I am in an office with three guys who have gone decades without that happening. Yeah. I mean, you just don't know. Like when Breeze leaves, man, who knows? Yeah, you, I mean, you know, Taysom, we, we could go, with we, the Taysom Hill. We could, years, we could go twenty years before we see the Saints make the playoffs again. It could happen. Yeah, I mean, you look. I mean, look at Jacksonville. They hadn't been to the playoffs. They hadn't won a playoff games. I think since two thousand three, or you know, or they hadn't been in ten years. So you know, it. it you never know how it's going to go. But here, and here's the thing. With, um, with 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 playoffs. What a fun! Hey, I want to go back to the question I didn't get to answer that you said. <laughs> you asked if if this ruins the season, and I'm just gonna say what a fun season and what a fucking amazing game. Like, let's not lose sight of the fact that the Saints were down 17 nothing at halftime. They came back and they. They really they have that game. And I mean, listen, yeah. to, to sw- the season it, was awesome. We, we beat the Panthers three times, for God's sake. Yeah. We won a playoff game. Won on the Christmas defense Eve was better. Against Atlanta. The game against the Falcons at home, I was there. It was amazing. Um, we were down. We were 0 2. And I mean, we, uh, you heard the podcast. You heard the clips. Like, the three of us had written the team off, it was over. And the thing I mean, was, there were some special moments this it, year. And the thing is, Dave, like it was, it was, they were done. It, they had given up a thousand yards of offense in two games, and they were fucking done. And they were going to two and zero Carolina, who hadn't allowed a touchdown. And 
they just fucking got out of the coffin and started dancing. Like it was like we're just gonna we're just gonna we're just gonna skull drag Carolina and get this thing kick started. Like it was like <laughs> you know it was like you know it wasn't like they like played the Browns and like eked out a seventeen fourteen win and you're like okay we're getting off the ground like they were like nope it's fine. We're gonna go. We're gonna go. We're gonna we're gonna curb stomp the Panthers. We're gonna go to London and shut out the Dolphins. And it's two and two, and it's fine, you know. Um, so I mean, it was it was a it was a great, but it was kind of a, a like a, a jar. It was a jarring season, you know. The the beginning, the end, the the revival. It had a lot of like emotional swings to it, didn't it? Didn't you think so, Dave? Yes, and now it's all over. <laughs> What? Because we couldn't tackle one receiver. <laughs> third down did bite them in the ass in the end, Andrew. They couldn't get third downs, and their defense kind of uh, fell third apart. Third down, yeah. In first, the first half, I, I don't think they converted one or or stopped one. Uh, but I, I mean, brutal. Just I'll, make the tackle, man. Uh, <laughs> just, uh. I'll I'll start with you, Dave. What was your? If you had to pick one moment from 2017 that was your favorite, what would it be? Uh, it was the Vi- it was um, the the Redskins comeback against the Redskins in the Superdome with my son, mostly because it was with my son. Yeah, uh, Andrew, what was your favorite moment? Yeah, that was a good one. Um, you know, I'm trying to think. I don't know. They had some wild that Detroit. I I, I would bombers. say I would say that the fact that they had their first pick six. Since Vilma, <laughs> um, it was Marshawn Latimer followed by Cam Jordan in the same game. Yeah. Um, but that was pretty cool. The Camara kick return was awesome. That was a special moment. Um, the Redskins game was a good one. Yeah, I mean, well, cause... I, I mean, for for me, the win over Atlanta was probably. I mean, sweeping Carolina three times was awesome, but. Beating. I would say just just beating Atlanta at home because Atlanta had beaten us three times in a row. Yeah, we had I, to put it. We, we had I, to put a stop to that I'm, shit. I'm tempted to say Atlanta because I got it was I flew in Christmas Eve morning at 6 a.m. went to the game with my mom then flew home, and that was just a that I had never done that before for Saints game. So that was a cool experience and it was fun the buttception all of it. But my I have to say my favorite moment of the the season was when they went to Buffalo and just. <laughs> steamrolled Buffalo and they had the play where Breeze scrambled for the touchdown and Armstead just blew the Buffalo dude in half on the block and it was like motherfucker this team is good and we can win a Super Bowl and isn't this awesome you know and, and I think that was probably my favorite moment because it really felt kind of like the high point. I mean, it really not that like that was their peak, but I mean that was like when they were playing their best and they were the healthiest because it wasn't it the next week they played the they played the Redskins and Lattimore got dinged up and they lose Okafor and then the injuries started, but they were never quite as awesome again as they were for that Buffalo game, which oh by the way, that Buffalo team ended up making the playoffs and they held Jacksonville to 10 points, and Jacksonville went to Pittsburgh and dropped 45. So that the Saints went into Buffalo and steamrolled Buffalo isn't, like, um, an insignificant thing. Like, it was a it was a nice – one of the nice wins of, of 2017. So that was did, who, who did we block a punt against? Didn't we block a punt this year? 
for a touchdown. Hardy didn't Hardy score on a block punt? Tampa. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Um, you know, didn't we intercept Cam Newton like five times in that first <laughs> game? Yeah, well, like they or was had, it four times? Yeah, it was Vaccaro, PJ. That was great. PJ. Um, yeah, you know, you know this this probably um, Marcus Williams. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Crawley had one in that game. Um, you know, I uh, th- this isn't maybe my favorite, although it's I, I love this moment a lot. Um, it's definitely I would go as far as to say it's the most unexpected um, surprise that I've ever experienced in my lifetime as a Saints fan, and that was their rookie third string quarterback being an animal on special teams. <laughs> Like, Out of that, nowhere, was that he pulled up like week twelve, and I'm like, "What the hell?" Like, I remember Underhill's tweet saying, "Like Taysom Hill is active for the game," and I'm thinking, what? "Is Chase Daniels sick or something? Like, what's going on?" And then he's on and kickoffs, and you're like, "He's on." Whoa, I'm like, "What the, what the f- hell is going on?" And he's the first one down, and he makes the tackle. I'm like, "Just like this is ridiculous." <laughs> that was amazing. Most unexpected Saints thing ever. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, it was just it this year. I mean, forgetting the end, if you can, if you can try to block the ending out, Dave. Besides two thousand nine, I've been trying really hard to do that. And I, what? I can't where do that. would the fun be? Twenty like like if you, if I told you to rank the twenty seventeen season yesterday morning, where would you have ranked it? <laughs> well, if it was if it was before the before the game and there was still you know hope, um, I'd probably put it. Uh, what do we got? Two thousand nine, two thousand six. I'd probably put it. I'd probably put it fourth. Two thousand below two thousand eleven. Oh, I disagree. To me, this was better than well. I mean, 11, 11 was good, but I, I mean, I would that I, offense yeah. though. I, I think I think I prefer this. I would say this is the third best Saints season for me, only because um, and the difference for me and why I would rank this ahead of eleven is that in eleven we had the expectations of being great and winning a Super Bowl, and so there was maybe a little disappointment um, in how it ended. I mean, I'm obviously disappointed this time too. But going into the season, and especially at 0-2, um, I was just kind of resigned to, like, we're never – we're in a rut, and we're never getting out of this it's, hole. And, it's, and, it's, and, and it was and – was, the, the conversation at 0-2 was, was, it's over. It's over. Yeah. Breeze and is going for, to and leave. And for Camara and Lattimore, those two especially, to just explode as rookies and kind of rejuvenate this team, give it new life um, – I mean, this season was so fun. I, this, I, I would rank this number three for me. Yeah, and I mean, you're thinking at 0-2 that, Dave, that, you know, that Breeze is going to go, Sean Payton might go, and it's just going to be, they're going to walk, and it's going to be... Now it's like, I think, you know, Drew Breeze isn't leaving. Sean Payton is energized. And, you know, you don't you don't know. Drew Breeze could get hurt. He's 39, but whatever. But, like, they've flipped it around, and they've sort of rebuilt it, and they, like, they're, they're, they're going to get the second act. So... I mean, I would probably put it. 2009 would be first, obviously. 2006 would be second, but I think I'd, I think I'd put it 
for for just sheer fun was would I'd put it third because the the 2013 season is as much fun as it was to Brawls and Graham were so fun though. Yeah. Was Kamara more fun than Sproles? Dave? Yes. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. so. I think so. If it, 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 on the field, I would say it's even. You add the airheads, and it's Kamara <laughs> and bountiful. Run, runs away with enjoy it. enjoy the bountiful motherfucking harvest. Yeah. Sproles' um. <laughs> wife was, you know, tweeting curses on us um, we got stuff, we you know? guys we didn't i didn't i purposely people are asking us draft questions off season we got we got months to get to that we got it we yeah, can, we can yeah, do, we're please. gonna do you're gonna we're gonna do so much on the breach contract you're gonna want i need reach. another i need another week to process this before yeah. we um, i don't even want to talk about draft till two weeks from now do, uh, who are we rooting for next week when we find uh, the jack the jaguars anybody but brady and, and the Eagles. Uh, yeah, I guess the Eagles. The most, Minnesota, the most Minnesota thing ever would to be to get a miracle and not cash it in. That I hope the, the Vikings. I hope the Vikings lose in a very similar way to the, how they just beat us. Their fans have been huge dicks. Yeah, I hope they lose at the last second. Yeah, I mean, like for, for them, I would. Yeah. I I mean, granted, I would have enjoyed yesterday if the Saints had won like that, and, and we'd have probably gone live and just done a 24-hour straight post-game show if the Saints had won like Minnesota won. But but the thing is, like, be knowing all the baggage that Minnesota had, I would have just enjoyed it myself. I wouldn't have gone and rubbed it in other fans. I'd have been like, we got to get to the Super Bowl first and maybe win a championship because, dude, if I mean, if they – they'll always have yesterday, Andrew, but, I mean, like, if they go to Philly and lose, like, yesterday kind of, like, goes – and it's sad trombone music, right? Like, they got to cash it in. Oh, definitely. Oh, oh there, there is there is two – at least one, if not two, opportunities for them to have horrific heartbreaks still. And Keith Keenum will give it to them, I think. I mean, I – I don't hate him because he's a UH guy, and my and my wife really likes my wife. My wife really likes like him. He played for UH, but I mean, like I feel like he does a lot of YOLO, and um, if you can get pressure on him, he'll throw some balls up, and I think Philadelphia can do that. Um, I mean, listen, no, uh, I mean Case Keenum, you know, he's he's played well this season, and you know he had some. Uh, I I didn't think he was incredible by any means in that game, but he, in fact, that was his only touchdown pass, right? Yep. At the end. But um, you know, I th- if you're the Patriots and Tom Brady, and I know you know Jacksonville, tremendous pass rush, great defense. But like, if you're looking at this, you, Tom Brady's looking at this and saying, "Man, I've had to beat Peyton Manning, Roethlisberger all these years. You know, Eli Manning in the Super Bowl playing his mi- playing out of his mind. Like all these guys I've faced, all the greats, and I." And the guys left this year are Case Keenum, Nick Foles, and Blake Bortles. Dude, if this, if I it's mean, Brady needs to, Brady is salivating right can now. Can you imagine the networks? Can you imagine NBC if it's Jacksonville and Philadelphia? And it's oh, I'd love it. Bortles, That's what I'm rooting for. Bortles and Foles. That's what I'm. I mean, for. when 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 if the Saints probably win yesterday, NBC's getting Breeze and Brady. Perhaps I mean that probably maybe sets a record, and then the rating. I mean, 
Whew. I mean, I, I'm rooting for Jacksonville, but Bortles is like off-brand Tebow as far as a quarterback, as far as I'm concerned. Um, so that'll about, I mean, that'll about wrap it up. I mean, this is just, it's so, even if they wouldn't have beefed, I, like, I just, I just wanted this team, I just wanted one more, I just wanted more of this team because they were so fun, you know? Yeah, it's hard, man. When it's it, it's over, that's the hardest part. Is and, we don't get will, any more football. And I will say this: Could the Saints for the schedule next year? Could they not open the season against a twelve-win team? Because they played Arizona thirteen wins in twenty fifteen, Oakland twelve wins in twenty sixteen, and this year they opened at Minnesota. 13 wins. Could they open against Cleveland, the winless Browns? On a I, uh, I've i got Roger Goodell on the other line, and uh, he said, nope, sorry, no, it's not going to happen. That min- <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be Minnesota, it, it, it's going to be Minnesota again, or Dallas on Sunday night. That's what it's going to be. Wait, we have Minnesota on the schedule next year? We have year? Minnesota on the road and Dallas on the road. Oh, wow. And so, we play the Rams again too, right? Yes. Well, that game just got interesting. So, the Rams? Why is that? No, the Vikings. Oh, the Vi- The Vikings game is... Be- the Saints are going to be back in... Pro- like, this year they only played, what, the one Thursday night game and the op- the Monday night opener? They're going to be back on primetime for five times, probably. So, if you uh, enjoy your Saints in primetime, you'll you'll get your fill. Um, so, uh, anybody have, like, final wrap-up thoughts? Dave, Andrew... Uh, yeah, well, we didn't, yeah, we didn't mention it. Uh, you know, after a game like Sunday and experiencing the heartbreak that we all had to experience, I do not appreciate getting emails from NFLshop.com <laughs> telling me, <laughs> telling me that I should celebrate because my team is in the championship. They're not! Use, use code championship for free shipping. That's... Um, <laughs> Mark email marketer that had put it put it on auto send because they thought the Saints were going to win. <laughs> Fuck you! You need to get fired. Um, they they did send out an apology email. Too late. Uh, uh, like about eight hours later, but I, I, it was funny. I, I it actually really did not bother me. I thought it was pretty hilarious. And liar. Marcus Williams missing the tackle really bothers. Me. He's gonna be, he's gonna be fine, right, Andrew? Marcus Williams, he's gonna be fine. He's gonna be a great player, yeah. Um, but it just, it just, it's just, it's just, it's, it stings, it stings, man. It, it, it stings. You know what? There's a, there is a. 30, yeah, like uh, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it, like. Like it, it was awful. There's a 30 to 40% chance if the weather's nice on Sunday that I'm going to be at my kid at the park. My kid. During Eagles in Minnesota, like I might be with my kid at the park for like the first half. Like I just, I don't, like, I don't, at this moment, I just don't give a fuck about these games. You know, maybe if by the end of the week, I might change my mind. Uh, my, how many days till Astros start? Yeah, counting down the days to Astros baseball. 33. Woohoo! Um, so, all right, that wraps it up, people. Th- and thanks to everybody for donating. We just need a few more donations to get Drunk Saints history on the books and ro- rolling for season two. So, uh, we'll be here next week. We got your off season needs. So, for Dave, for Andrew, uh, until next week, the bar.
is closed. <laughs> Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 